Hey, hey, cabin crew. Before tonight's episode, I just wanted to jump in here to share a very exciting announcement. So over the last few weeks, I've been working away in the background on a huge project, and it's finally time to clue you guys in. In collaboration with my dear friend and fellow podcaster, Courtney from Haunts Podcast, we will be launching a brand new live stream show over on YouTube that we're calling Haunts in the Cabin. Haunts in the Cabin combines the very best that both of our podcasts have to offer. Between personal experiences, listener stories, and guest interviews, the live stream will have a little bit of something for everyone. And that's not all. Outside of the live feed, Courtney and I will be sharing short form content focusing on the haunted cabins we both live in and we'll be sharing our individual podcast episodes there as well. Don't worry, we're still posting our haunts and conversation cabin episodes each and every week so the YouTube channel will just be more content for you to enjoy. I will have the channel linked in the show notes so make sure that you go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as our Facebook and Twitch channel. And join us next Wednesday, July 19th at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern for a special preseason live stream where Courtney and I will be discussing the future channel in more detail. I hope you guys are as excited as we are about Haunts in the Cabin because it is sure to be a wild ride. So don't forget to stay tuned, stay haunted for the chilling tales that lie ahead. Welcome, Cabin Crew, to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Conversation Cabin Podcast. I'm your daring host, Farah, and tonight I sit down with Matt from Fractured Soul Paranormal. Matt shares a series of unsettling encounters that he and his wife had had in the past. He recounts feeling a strong, negative energy and even finding strange warning signs along the way. But the strange occurrences didn't stop there. They also experienced unexplained phenomena on their property, including missing and reappearing items, a swinging harness, and even encounters with a mysterious owl. Matt's early interest in the paranormal and his encounters with supernatural entities have shaped his curiosity and dedication to exploring less ventured places in search of unknown phenomena. This episode delves into Matt's early experiences, and we also discuss his spiritual awakening and the profound impact it had on his life. Get ready to immerse yourselves in Matt's captivating and unsettling experiences, as well as his commitment to seeking truth and sharing evidence. The lead founder and lead investigator of Fractured Soul Paranormal. As you say all over there, how are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you going? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for being here with me tonight, Matt. Well, you're in the morning. I'm at night. But um, 
let's get started right into it because I know time is of an essence, but I really want to get to know first, my listeners are all about the paranormal, the strange, unexplained, mysterious UFO, you name it. So first of all, Matt, tell me how you grew up in the, the paranormal realm. What was your first experience? What got you into that? And I don't interrupt, so you take it from there. Yeah, look, um, it probably started when I was about 13. I, I had an, an episode one night when I was in bed, and uh, I felt the sheets being pulled off me. And, you know, we were, in, we, were we lived on property, so I thought it could have been a possum or something got into the house. Yeah, just whatever. But uh, so I just grabbed the sheet and pulled it up. I was you know, a nervous kid. And when I pulled it up and gripped it in my hand nice and tight, uh, I laid there and thought, oh, well, I won't pull it out of my hand. Next thing, my whole hand was sort of ripped, tugged twice hard, like someone was pulling on the bed, on the sheet. And um, I just, I froze. I just didn't know what to do. And um, so I turned around and uh, I was trying to call out to mum, couldn't call out, you know, that sort of thing, the usual story. And uh, I worked up enough courage, turned on the light eventually, and there was nothing there. And I was a 13-year-old boy. I was six foot at 13, so I wasn't a little kid. <laughs> and I ran in and slept with mum and dad that night. Like, it freaked me out that much that I I think I slept on the floor next to their bed. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Good. that was the beginning of it. But um, sort of to put, it, it, it's been ongoing my whole life. Um, I've, I've seen things and heard things and felt things and... Uh, my sister's exactly the same. She has to tell them to go away. She can't sleep at night. Uh, she's harassed so much. I don't have that. I don't sort of have that interaction, but I see them, I, that sort of thing. Um, and, I, you know, my sister sort of and other people have said I'm more of a, more of a magnet. Um, I say wherever I go, I get activity. It's not like it just... It's crazy. Um, you had yeah. said that. You had said you were an activity magnet, more of like not psychic, but sensitive, yeah. as you had put it. Oh, but yes. let me ask you real quick while we're just on the subject. Um, was your house haunted or do no. you think it was you or your family? I think it was a residual haunt. That original one, I think, was residual from the land. And I think I think probably 90 percent of hauntings are. I think a lot of these haunted houses that you see in, in over in the States and things like that, um, yeah, they've started out, but they've probably been built somewhere that was had a residual energy. Um, you know, it's, they're ancient lands. All these lands are ancient, the same as Australia, where we've got the oldest people in the world with our Indigenous Australians. And so it's it's incredible, the energies that you get. I, I just discovered a, a um, semi-lost cemetery of uh, slaves, South Pacific Islander slaves. And uh, the minute I stepped onto it, all of my audio went disrupted. I Like my whole body, I felt like I was standing on an electric pad and it was humming through me. Like it was so intense, the energy. And um, yeah, I've, I can't wait to get back there, but um, just giving you an idea of how it sort of works and um, I seem to get it all through my back and sort of my buttocks and back of my legs. As soon as I know something's happening, it, it just lights up. And I feel this it's almost like a pressure and uh, pins and needles all at once. 
I was wondering if that was, I know that I had gotten the feeling when I investigate my cave with, um, you know, the, the back ache, you know, a little bit, just seems like you need like your back cracked and, you know, I get chills and everything, but you know, you seem to get it really strong there. I wonder if that's more because of, like you said, the land. So not yeah. only you can feel it, but that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, what have so, you caught there so far? Oh, we've we've seen lots of different things going on, but um, I've just been moving around different areas at the moment. I've got a really good area I'm sort of lining up. I've done a bit of an investigation a couple of weeks ago uh, down Maryborough, and um, it's a it's a street that was a it was a hub. It was like a city back in the early 1800s. Um, tons of murders, deaths, all that sort of stuff. There was old pubs that were pulled down and hotels and things like that. But there's still a lot of um, existing stuff. And yeah, it was it was crazy. Just even walking the street at three o'clock in the morning, you just it's like it's full of people. My whole body just hums like it's it's alive. This place and it's just just amazing. I can't wait. I'm trying to line up a few of the owners of these hotels and things like that to try and turn it into a bit of a hub area for mm. paranormal investigation and also paranormal tourism. So guys mm -hmm. like ourselves and that from the States that want to come somewhere, you could come over here and honestly there's, I can't even count how many active sites are in this one street. The whole street is alive. Like you could spend a good two weeks spending a night at each site. Oh, wow. It's for two. Easy, easy. It's nuts. I would love to visit just, there if it has that much paranormal activity. That would be amazing. Just, yeah, it's just one of those places. And, they're, you know, I think everyone's sort of locked in on the States and what's going on over there. But there's so many things over here that are going on. And we don't have the community in the paranormal sector like in America. It's not as big. Um, we're ridiculed heavily over here by the mainstream sort of normal people, you know, so yeah. to speak. It's a bit of a, you know, it's oh, one of those wow. things. Recently I've come out on social media. Uh, I've been doing, you know, I've, I've been having experiences and doing this for over 30 years. And it's, I've only now come out on social media and um, even still you'll see people respond with tongue in cheek, you know, when you talk about this or that. And But I think it's a fear-based thing and, um, because I know what I've seen. I've seen so much and I've, I've felt so much that it's um, undeniable these days. Well, I already felt honored that you have come on my show, but now I feel like triple honored because <laughs> of the fact that, as you said, you know, over there, and I didn't know that, that it was not really, I mean, because as you know, like this community over here, I yeah. love the paranormal community. We are all... Mm. Not, I mean, of course, you're always going to have your skeptics, but, you know, we, um, we're just, we're tired of people saying, you know, that's not that, but yet they can't tell you what it is. We're <laughs> tired yeah. of that. And that's yeah. when I, it's, uh, it just drives me crazy. And look, well, when you're, when you're seeing full bodied apparitions, full color, you're seeing shadow people, you've seen, you name it, like the full spectrum. I've seen UFOs. I've had interactions with what you would call Sasquatch. I've had, this is because I go to places that are in the middle of nowhere or I don't just go where everybody else goes. Good, good. In my work, I find, 
you know, I, it, for, you know, if it was a Sasquatch or a, a Yowie, what we call a Yowie over here, um, research, I, I'm going to look at the lay of the land. I'm going to look at all different things, you know. It's instead of just going out and sitting in the bush like a lot of people do and go, oh, I can hear wood knocks and oh, this is <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know more than three Ks from a main road. You know, you need to be miles, literally miles from the roads, then get out of your car when your car can't go any further and then you put your pack on and you walk for miles again. And that's when you find what you're looking for. And um, Exactly. I just think that more people have got to start doing that. And that's that's what I'm planning um, once I get my head around filming and social media more uh, is actually taking people on those expeditions, like on those adventures into the wild um, and also into those haunted locations that are well, well away from, you know. Good um, for you because I think I agree with you, Matt. I think we have to get down in those places where people do not venture Yes. That's where you're going to find, because if a lot of people don't go there, then that means that those things have roaming capabilities to to have their space and be out all the time and be out in the open. And mm-hmm. if you can catch them, that yes. would be amazing. I'd love to keep following you as you keep building where, you know, where you go and what you do. And um, of course, I'll do anything I can to help you get out there. Yeah. Um, because I am all about that's why I started this show, because yeah. of the fact I think everybody needs to start going, stop going like this mm. and start telling me, well, if if it's not a Sasquatch or if it's not a dog man or a UFO, then tell me what it is. Yet they can't do that. Yeah. And I want people to know that they can tell their story on my show and be welcomed and not yeah. be ridiculed or judged. Yeah. But let's go back to now. After that happened with um, the sheep being pulled in yeah. your room, did that start you out as far as were you a kid that got into reading books and, and start learning about the paranormal? Or is that like a, a one hit wonder it happened and then it just wasn't until your next experience? Yeah. How did look, that go into that? Yeah, it sort of it just sparked interest. Um I wanted to know what was that, you know, it was that, that, and, you know, mum and dad are just, oh, you're dreaming, or is this, and I was like, nah, I know, like, in my head, I knew something was up, so I just, you know, I, I'd read books, and I've always been a, a horror movie fan, you know, as a kid, I loved all that sort of stuff, but, you know, I don't associate that with the paranormal, I think it's so far removed, it's, it's ridiculous at, at some points, but, um, I ended up, yeah, it sort of went on over the years. Uh, my mates, different mates of mine had had different experiences and I'd be like, tell me all about it and I'd go where it happened and, you know, but it wouldn't be at midnight or anything. I'd be too scared because I was a kid. I wouldn't go. I'd just go and check out the cemetery of a day and things like that and get freaked out. And It just <laughs> evolved. I became a soldier when I was around 16, 17 and um, I joined the Army and, Probably a couple of years into that, I was on a trip with a couple of my mates and we were heading from Canberra, which is way, it's the capital, which is way down south, and we were heading up to North Queensland and we were going to drive straight through, which is about 24 hours nonstop. So it's a big drive, but there was a few of us, so we just kept rotating the driving. And um, as we're coming over, it was about two in the morning 
and I was sitting behind the driver um, in the in the back, looking out, and there was these lights every couple of k's, I suppose. They were like a pump station. Uh, it, where we were was the middle of nowhere, like literally the middle of nowhere. There's no houses. There's no nothing for probably 30, 40 kilometres. And um, these pump stations are the only na- um, unnatural light that you'll find along the highway. And as we were approaching when I looked, and I was like, hey, what? I seen this little girl swinging on the pole under the light, and she sort of had her head tilted back looking at us, like a hair dangling. And she was sort of just swinging on the pole like she was playing, waiting for us. And I'm like, hey, 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 we've got to stop, stop, stop the car, you know. And everyone's going, what are you talking about? We're doing 120 at night, you know, flying along. They ended up stopping and we backed up and I got out with a torch and I ran around that whole thing. I thought, I, I'm, to this day, I was adamant there was a little girl at that place. Like I seen her. I could see her toes. I could see everything on it. It was incredible. There was just, sorry, her fingers. I could, her feet, I could, didn't make out. I can't remember her feet, but I could see her fingers and like her hair that, you know, it was, she was there. Side details. Yeah. Like it wasn't just an apparition. It was, she was full bodied. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And that was when I just, the, the flick, uh, the switch was flicked for me. I was just like, this is real. Like, this is really real now. I'm, I've just seen this, you know what I mean? And um, and then it progressed. It just, yeah. Um, and I found after, you know, there were different things that happened in the army. Um, I had a mate die and he turned up on my bed um, in the middle of the night talking to me and everyone told me it was a dream, but to this day I know it was, I know it was him. Um, it was, yeah, the craziest thing I've ever had. One of. <laughs> oh my gosh, that those stories are fascinating, Matt. Oh my gosh, mm. I don't even know what to say. That's the fact that you saw so much detail is yes. uh, not many people get that, as you know, you know, with yeah. the apparition. Yeah. Well, tell me, since you were on that subject for a brief minute, tell me a little bit about your time serving in the Royal Australian Regiment. Yeah, I was an infantry soldier there for several years. Um, yeah, it was good. I was I was fortunate enough to be a soldier in peacetime, so I'm not uh, a veteran or anything like that. But uh, I was affected by training accidents where I lost mates and things like that, and that sort of that affected me, and that took time to heal and and things like that. But um, once I done that, I and then I was affected. I I had a back injury and I was using opioids years and I tell you when that happened everything shut down when I was using opioids I had no connection none now that's interesting yeah that's interesting and I can say that wholeheartedly because as soon as I I went cold turkey I I, it got me to the point where I I could have ended up taking my own life with these stupid tablets they were so dangerous and I gave them away. I just went cold turkey, got off them. The minute I, like, literally, I can't even explain this enough. After it happened, like two weeks after I went cold turkey, I had this crazy spiritual experience that was next level. Like, it, I, I, I can't even, it makes me emotional. 
to talk about it. It was so profound. And it was like it had, I'd woken up again. It was like, and it told me that. It said it's time. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> I just, this, I'll, I'll tell you, I've never told this story. I've never told this story. My wife had noticed it. And um, that I was, yeah, I'd been through my, I'd done cold turkey and I was just enough's enough, you know. I was laying on the lounge room floor, and when you when you clean yourself out, the emotions that go through you are just intense. You're just crying, yeah. You're all over the shop. Anyway, I'm laying there, and I was crying like a baby, just in the middle of the night, just just venting. It's all just coming out of you, you know. And um, all of a sudden, I just felt this presence in the room, like. Not like, you know, when you see them, like someone goes, oh, I think there's someone here, <laughs> you know. This was like thick, overwhelming, like dense pressure. The whole room changed and I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was sort of like, what the fuck's going on here? And then all of a sudden I felt, I knew someone was in behind me, like I, but I was too, not afraid. I, I, don't, I can't even explain it, but I just couldn't even turn around. I was laying on my side, and the next thing, something laid on me, and I felt a massive hand. It was like three times the size of my hand on my face. That's how I can explain it. It would like the fingers were up on my head, up here. The palm was down on my jaw, and it was a hand. It was a cool hand, yet it felt feminine. For some reason, I felt femininity. And I can't explain why, but I felt this femininity. And But the pressure, like it was like it was something that was eight or nine foot tall. I, it's the weirdest thing. But it, there was nothing there. But And then all of a sudden, I just felt like, I, I don't know. And I heard, shh, it's time. In my head. Not in my ear, in my head. And it wasn't my voice. It was the most, oh, I can't <laughs> It was just crazy. And I just, and then it just left. As quick as it came, it went. And I was trying to, to move and I couldn't. Like it was like I was frozen, like a, almost like a, what do they call it? Like the. Uh, paralysis, like a sleep paralysis, but I was wide awake. And then I just, yeah, I, I made some sort of a noise as I could move. And I laid there and I thought, what just happened? And my wife came out and was looking around. I didn't say anything. I, I pretended I was asleep because I didn't know what to make of everything. I was so freaked out that I just didn't know what was going on. And, um, I just laid there all night after that, not knowing what the hell's gone on. But it was something changed in me. From that moment, it was over. I didn't feel the the sadness. I didn't feel the negativity. Everything changed, like super positivity. I, I started at the gym the next uh, week, and I've been there for the last five years. Like it's it was a crazy process. But two days after that happened. I was washing up at the sink and the same thing happened where I felt like someone was in the room and I got this overwhelming 
humming in my chest, in my heart. It's like a, I can't even explain it. It's just this warm, glowing, oh, I can't. It just comes out of you. And it just feels like pure love. And I just started crying again, just sobbing. And I could feel something in the room that was meant to be, I can't even explain it, that was meant to be there. It's the strangest. Well, you're doing an amazing job uh, explaining it because I, my heart is in my stomach right now. That's just. It's just, yeah, I can't, and but it just, it, and that was pretty much it. But then I would, ever since that, I've always, uh, I can't even explain, as kooky as it sounds, I I get messages. I It's not even a, I just, it's not even stuff I'm thinking about. You know, it's so random, but I just get weird stuff that comes to me and then it'll be relevant two days later. I go, oh, shit, there's that. Or, and it's so it's like I'm slowly learning something, like it's a process and my body is slowly learning that I can do this. Or I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's a bit weird. It's, it's <laughs> for someone me, like, like I say, I've just been a dude that was a soldier and a, you know what I mean? And I, but it I seems like you're chosen for something because I will throw out, first of all, let me say how honored I am that you even told that story, Matt, because the fact that if you haven't told that to many people at all, I feel very honored that you did. Thank you. Um, well, that's, that because that was an emotional. Yeah. But I also want to let you know real quick, um, I'm, I'm in recovery as well. So yeah. I know exactly what you mean i have not had an experience as as um spiritual as that but i have had that when i stopped but um what do you think that it was more of i mean from the way that you are explaining it to me it seems like it is like a a godly presence like you're okay now the strange thing is is that in my head, the figure was blue. Something tells me she was blue, and it was a she. It's so weird, and I can't piece it together. It's, but I, it takes me right back. Like I'm a big uh, believer in ley lines and things like that, and then also going way, way back into ancient Samaria and the Anunnaki and things like that. And I, I'm starting to, you know, look and see and ask the questions, you know. I've, even the spirituality, I've delved way deep into that. I've, I've read the Bible cover to cover several times in my life to, to look for answers and break it down. And you know what I mean? It's And I, I do, I have a faith, but it's it's a... It's a faith in the creator. Um, you know, I think I, I think a lot I think a lot of religion has been tricked. Um, if you look at different things like the true names of God and Jesus, for example, we don't even use them. And that's the strangest thing, you know. It's it's really weird. That, and then you start going down that rabbit hole and looking at things like 
you know, there was the, the greatest trick the devil ever played was making people believe he didn't exist. But also, what if he was the one that changed the names so that people were praying to false idols? And we don't even know it. And it was thousands of years ago. That's me. I go that deep. <laughs> no, I, I do too. Thank I, you, because I'm glad that you do. And I don't feel so weird since I... Yes. <laughs> Well, let me let me ask you while while you're saying that, how have you not I don't want to I don't know what the right word is, but how would you define battling that with when you experienced a paranormal UFO? Um your you know, your mate in the military that had passed yeah. away that you how do you battle that in your mind between God and alienish or a realm that we don't know of what how do you decipher that in your mind i think i think it's that we're all going to learn eventually that it's all connected it's all one thing it's it's all energy and it's all connected it's that's where it all comes from it's not coming from this source that source you know it's hinduism or every religion catholicism Hinduism, you name it, we're we're all the same creature. We just walk a different path. That's all. That's right. We interpret things differently because of our cultures. But at the end of the day, the energies are the same. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Exactly. exactly. I'm right there with you, Matt. Right there with you. So then let's go to the point where was it your spiritual awakening that let you and made you start fractured soul paranormal yeah it's sort of it was a process um it was always it started and i i went down a rabbit hole it was uh when that well prior to that it was yeah and then we had issues where we had a property that that was haunted um i have no problem with that that was i'll tell you about that shortly that was that was really when you look back, it was cool, but it was crazy when we were there. Like, um, yeah. So, sorry, I just lost my train of thought thinking about that. What were we? I was, I was asking you, was that your spiritual awakening? What made you start fractured soul paranormal? Oh, in a nutshell, I'd probably say yes. From yeah, it was the the catalyst. You know, that really sparked me to go down the realm like I, I started really delving into things like demonology, parapsychology, even normal psychology to you know, I was I was I was assessing myself <laughs> trying to to find answers, you know, I wanted to prove that I was crazy almost, like this wasn't real. So right, I was right. going I was sort of reverse engineering myself in a sense, trying to, you know, like a therapist almost, trying to but then it just, I knew what I knew. I knew that prior to all of that, I'd seen stuff and stuff had occurred. After that, it occurred. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer, you know, and then you sort of go, stop, stop really overthinking it and get out there, you know, and start showing people that this is real because you know it is. You know that it comes to you. Start doing it. And you know, you know that you're not crazy, Matt. You know you're not crazy because I did the same thing. When I moved here to this paranormal bubble, in Eastern Tennessee, it was me getting out there to research to prove to myself. I'll I'll post things. You think of it what you will. I'm not out there to prove it to you. Yeah. I have to prove it to myself, and I'll share 
my experiences with you. And then, yeah. like I said, you do with what you will. Well, but, even, well look, I, I even had family when I was when I said that I was going public. Mm-hmm. I had I even had family ridicule me. Like that's what it's like over here. Like they were like, they know. Like they said, look, we know, you know, we know you see stuff. We know you, you're LinkedIn. We know you, you, you know, but you can't be a TikToker. You can't be this. Why? That's embarrassing. Why are you going to be? I said, what's the matter? I want to share information with people. That's all I want to do. And if you don't want to look at it, people don't have to look at it. It's as simple as that. But it was amazing that such ridicule would come from so close as your own family, you know, and it shows why you. Why do you think that is? Fear. Like, why do you, is it, but is it, do they have a certain religion? No. Or what do you think it is? And then it, that, us, oh, that over there people are against it. Yeah, we're a real, you know, straightforward nation, like no nonsense you know, and they sort of get to that point where, and it, but they, it's a fear base. They know it's there. A lot of people know it exists. Everything exists, but it's like that. Ah, just push it away, and it won't affect me. You know, like some people you talk to over here, and they're just, oh, 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 I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You know, like three quarters of my family, I can't talk to about what I find because they think it's going to attach to them. You know what I mean? It's there's no understanding of. I can talk to you about this. You know, <laughs> it's right. You're not going to be possessed if I talk to you about things that are happening. <laughs> you know, like it's they're okay. going a little too far. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've watched one too many Conjuring movies. You know? Yes, exactly. So, so, how do you? Well, uh, first of all, was so we both don't forget. I want to hear about your story about the house that you said was haunted. Ah, yes. Well, we lived in a, a property called. Uh, it was out in a little area. Uh, called Kalang, and it was about 45 minutes in the car. You had to cut through the mountains in the car, and you couldn't do any more than about 30 k's an hour because it was so it was cut on the side of the mountain, you know, just sheer drops the whole way cut into the side of the mountain. So it's like it's like deep, deep Appalachia or somewhere over there, like a real crazy country, deep, deep country. Um, and you had to, when we got to our place, which was 23 k's from the township, but it took 45 minutes, you'd get there and then you'd drive down the driveway and you had to cross the river and up to the house. So when the river was in flood, we were locked in for a week at a time. So it was, the kids loved it because they didn't have to go to school for a week when it rained. So, and the, the river was full of bass that we had, that surrounded us and, my boys and I was a sponsored fisherman back then, and so we just used to fish the river for bass and stuff like that. And there was a 25-acre farm, beautiful, like the most beautiful country you've ever seen. I can't even describe it. Um, but we just had the best time. It was so beautiful, you know. And we were like, "This is it," because we travelled for two years in a caravan around Australia with the kids, and done just doing the the travelling thing, and we had a ball. But we couldn't move back to suburbia, you know. We'd been out in the bush and we said, no, we need something. So we went and found this place with 25 acres out in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, it sort of, everything was great. It was beautiful, you know. But then little things started happening like um, 
I'd be out in the workshop and I'd turn around to grab a screwdriver and the screwdriver was gone. And I'd be like, nah, I just put that there. Like literally, I just put that there. And I'd be like, okay, eh. anyway. And it kept happening. Now, like so many different things, you know. Back then, I was smoking a lot of smoke, put the lighter down, turn around, the lighter would be gone. I'm like, what is going on here? In the end, I started saying, all right, just put it back. You know, and I'd walk out of the workshop, I'd come back, and that lighter or screwdriver would be there, but it would be sitting on a log or somewhere different to where I'd put it. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I tried to show my wife several times that it wouldn't work. You know what I mean? I said, come and watch this. And she wouldn't, it never happened. But then it just randomly to me, it had just happened, you know. Um, and then it sort of built. And I, overnight, because I was always out in this workshop, it was like an open workshop with a gravel floor at the back of the shed. So it was like an open area where I could cut wood in when it was raining and all that sort of stuff. So um, anyway, I'm out there doing stuff. And um, the next thing, what happened? Oh, yeah. I was out there and I, I have all my machinery and all my tools at the wall on my left. And I have um, brush cutter harnesses, you know, like for brush cutters. So when you, yeah, you can, it holds it on for you easier. I noticed something out of the corner of my eye and I look and before I said, the night was still, there was no wind, there was no like dead, dead, dead calm, no wind, there was nothing. And I turned to my left and the harness is swinging left to right, touching the roof of the shed. Oh my gosh. He'd done it eight or nine times. I ran out of the shed. It freaked me out. I just ran. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I just, I was just like, ah. And I ran in and said to the missus, like, this is for going on. No, she couldn't. And you me. didn't hear anything when you were out there since there nothing. was no wind? Nothing. 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 It was just the craziest thing. It was like someone was pulling it with a fishing line. Right. It was the and crazy. it was continuously swinging back and forth. Yeah, it wasn't slowing. Like it was going to the roof, bing, 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 like up to the <laughs> like it was really apparent. Like, yeah, like not just going, you know, like yeah, you, know, you see something. Oh, that's what did you do? I ran, I ran, I ran inside, and like I didn't even say anything to anyone at first. I was just standing there thinking. I went in the kitchen and just going, "What is going on?" Because it, it was like the penny drop, like the things were going missing, and now this, I was like, oh my god, what is, you know, we're we're haunted. Like, now, crazy. real quick, did that did that happen after your spiritual awakening, more or less? I want to call it. Did no, that happen after? This was prior. This was what I meant to tell you because this was a real negative thing that was really strange, and it was that this sort of was the yeah like the feeder i was obviously i put everything in my brain i was like this has got to change you know and i knew like i had to do something that was showing it you know i can't even explain it it just blew my mind this whole process because we've sort of with our discussion we've sort of gone asked about face i think I, I started talking about different things prior so but yeah 
Um, then it got to the point where, um, that, yeah, that's right. My my boys and I would, would be walking because we'd never had issue walking over the property and that going fishing over at the back holes and stuff on the river and never had any problem, no, you know. But all of a sudden, we started having this feeling of dread and none of us were telling each other. That was the funny thing. None of us told each other. We talked about this years later and everyone agreed that they'd run home every time. They would all, we all ran home, you know, from this back section. And there were times when I was standing there fishing and opposite me was this big hill went straight up to the road and it was all dry brown grass coming down, but it was so steep a man couldn't walk down it. But this night, or it was late dusk, on dusk, and I could hear something walking down that hill in the grass, big, and there was nothing there. Nothing was moving the grass, nothing was, but I could hear the steps getting closer and I ran home. Grown man fishing his own hole and it just freaked me out so bad that I just went, I'm out of here, see you later, and I ran. And it's probably a kilometre home, you know. It was just, and then that's, this fed on to something else. We started having these, it sounded like things walking around the house and we put it down to wild dogs. We, you know, wild dogs were in the area and things like that. So we never thought anything of it. But um, one night I was uh, out in the workshop again and it was, it was dark. Like where we live to put, there's no natural light. Like if you didn't have a torch at night, you literally could not see your hand two inches in front of your face. It's black, like black, black. And I'm standing in the shed doing some work. And the next thing I hear is slow rolling footsteps, like, you know, creeping footsteps, like someone walking real slow up my gravel driveway. And I'm thinking, who is walking up my driveway at 10 o'clock at night? And I'm listening, but I thought, that's too big. Like it was too heavy. Like it didn't sound right. Like I can't even explain it to you, but just the feeling. I And to put it in perspective, at the time, Bigfoot wasn't on my radar. It was not on my radar. I, I looked at him and I, you know, but I was never a, a chaser of Bigfoot or anything like that. And I heard this and I thought, that's too big. And it took another step and I, and I could feel this dread rising in me. It was like whatever it was was shooting a radar out. Just didn't know I was there. It was like it was clear in an area. I don't know. This is what I put it down to because the feelings I had. And all of a sudden I thought, what do I do? So what I'd done was just turned my foot in the gravel I was standing on because I thought if it's intelligent, it's going to stop as soon as it hears something. So I moved the gravel and mid, it just stopped. Mid dry, I was like, shit, we're dealing with something intelligent here. So I'm like, all right, radio, what are we dealing with? <laughs> That's like, 
it's I don't think it's a dude. I think it's it's big, but it's walking. And it, it, I still nothing, nothing registered, nothing. And I'm thinking, what do I do? But I was so this dread feeling was so overwhelming that I I was too scared to even peek around the car. Not that I could see, it's black, and I didn't have a torch on me. And I, I I've said that before. If I had a torch, I probably wouldn't have looked. I was so hey. petrified with this dread, this like I'm gonna die, like not questioning, like it was the I am about to die, like. It was like there was a lion standing behind me. That's what it felt like. It was the strangest feeling. And um, anyway, I I worked up enough energy. I thought, I've just got to do something. I've got to yell or see. I've got to, I don't know. I, it was like a reaction, like, you know, like a male thing, like a, it's fight or flight, you know. So I just went hey. and just roared, like this roar. And all of a sudden, this thing cut left off my driveway and ran through the bush and it was like a bus down through the bush. Like, it was crazy. Just like, true, like shit just going everywhere. And the strange thing was that that whole section there, we had cut under the trees. It was cleared for seven foot under the trees, and then all the tree branches above that were, do you know what I mean, like a canopy? It was running through the canopy. There were no trees for it to run through down low. All of the noise was coming from above seven feet. It was the craziest thing ever, and I just bolted for the house. And yeah, our back door, the thing then, we did, our back door never locked. It wouldn't lock. So every night I used to lay in the lounge room watching the back door and fall asleep watching the back door. I was so petrified this thing was going to come in and take one of the kids. Or It was crazy. It was unbelievable. That is the wildest story I think I've ever heard. That is, that's nuts, Matt. I'm, I mean, good for you for, you know, trying to see what it was with making oh, a noise to see, see how it reacted. But <laughs> well, well, let me ask you. The feeling like when people talk about dread, I know because I felt and I felt it again with my wife. But I'll tell you that story as well. But there's it is crazy. Like I like I say, I've I've seen and done things that are you know average people don't get to do and. It doesn't phase me to be feeling like that for no reason, for right. no reason, was just undeniable. I just can't even, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. And then from there, we ended up, I can't remember if it was how it worked, but anyway, another night. <laughs> In the workshop, I, no, prior to that happening, sorry, sorry, I've got to go back. I lose track. Oh, of myself. Oh, yeah. Prior to that happening in the workshop, I had another weird thing. This was a lead up to this, that happening. I was out there and I felt someone watching me. I'm working. I, you know, you just, and then it got so intense that you don't want to turn around. You know, you feel like someone. I know that feeling. Yep. And you're like, holy shit. And I thought, I've got to turn around. I turned around and there was this owl 
standing on the roof of the carport opposite my workshop. And he was stood about two foot high. He was massive, biggest owl I've ever seen, this huge, big thing. And it's just staring at me. I'm like, what? And I'm just looking at this thing and I'm thinking, what are you doing? And I walked out and shoo, shoo, you know, like trying to shoo it away because it was freaking me out. And it just didn't budge. It just, and I thought, that's weird. So I just walked back to go and do what I was doing. And then I heard thud. I turn around and it's on the ground. This owl is on the ground looking at me, like just staring at me. And I turn around and I'm like, right, the old weird levels start going right up, you know. Right. I, I'm like, shah, shah, like trying to shoo it away. And I didn't want to throw anything at it because I don't want to hurt it. But um, it starts walking at me instead of going away. And it's like, Crazy. And I just ran at it. Like I freaked out that much that I just ran at it and it flew away. And I was just like, what is going on in this place? You know, like it was one of them, just a weird coincidence thing. But then for like a week after, it waited for me at the back door every night because I came out at about seven every night to go out to the workshop. I'd go out. As soon as I came out that door, it would freak me out. It'd start flying and it'd fly over to the carport and watch me in the shed. And I was oh just like, God. what is going on? Like, so I'm like crazily Googling, you know, owls and the meanings, spirituality, you know, all that's a, just crazy. Like, but it was, it's, I, I think it was part of all of this. It was, you know, whether he was a messenger or a, I don't know, but it was all part of this whole process. Um, another night I had weird stuff happening in the shed. I can't remember what it was. I said to my wife, you've got to come out here and see this. I can't remember the stuff disappearing. Or... And as she's coming out, the kids are inside. As she's coming out with me, it's pitch black from the house to the shed. And it's about 20 metres, but just pitch black. And you can see the shed light and you can see the house light, you know what I mean? Right. And we're walking and we get about halfway and the telephone starts ringing. And she's like, oh, go answer the phone. And so we're walking back. As we get in the door, the phone stops. Oh, okay. So we go again. This is how it happened. And we're walking back out. The smoke alarm goes off. We're about halfway to the shed. We go to walk back. It stops. And we look at each other like, that's weird. Oh, we go to walk to the shed. We get three quarters of the way to the shed. The smoke alarm starts going off again. We walk all the way back, get to the back door. It stops as we get to the back door. And we're like, what the fuck? And then Shan heard something, so she goes in and checks the kids, and they're freaking out, and they said someone was scratching on the window. Oh, my God. How is that? It was unbelievable. unbelievable. Now, we don't know whether it's the Yowie scratching on the window, whether it was this other presence. Um, but, yeah, we're getting to the other presence. That's um, so... <laughs> Where am I? So we're there. That. My son, another time fishing, was down at the river right on dusk again, and he was certain he seen a face, but it was on all fours, like a dog, but it looked like a face he could see in the darkness, and it was watching him, and it freaked him out so much he ran home. Um, 
Another time he was up in his bedroom. My other son had left and come back to the town we'd come from before travelling for work and stuff. And my other son was going to school and that he was still there. And he was upstairs. He had like a loft in the house. Mm. And he said one morning, Dad, I heard Seth, who was his brother, calling me. But he's not here. He'd been gone for months. He's going, he said I could hear him going, hey, hey, come out here, through his bedroom door. And he said it was his voice, Dad. Like I said, That's scary. You ever hear it, don't answer it. Don't go out, don't answer it. I said, just ignore it, you know? And uh, I get goosebumps talking about it. I have goosebumps too because that, see, to me sounds almost like a doppelganger trying to yeah. be well, around. Yeah, well, that's, I'm, I'm very, um, over my years of research and everything that I've looked at, I've, I've found I'd, it's anything like that, imitation. And when they, um, when they talk in multiples, like we, us, them, it's very bad. Don't, don't play with them. Don't, don't just move away from that. Um, right. It's always, it's always, I, I find, you know, these days we hear a lot about people, especially these YouTubers, which annoys me with these um, demon talk and all this rubbish. Thank you. <laughs> they're real. They are real. And that's it's something you've got to be aware of. And it, it, one day, the, one of these YouTubers is going to be really sorry when it really happens and something really bad goes down because, um, yeah, it's it's there. And um, like I say, it's I believe in the, there are legions, there are demons, there are, you know, um, mm -hmm. peace. There's, there's more than we even comprehend. Um, I even use... I don't, I don't just use crucifixes and rosary. I use ancient symbols. I use all sorts because I don't know who I'm going to encounter. Right, I right. Encounter some Sumerian demon or some Sumerian spirit that doesn't recognize Christianity because it didn't exist. You know? So they're the things you've got to take into account when you're stepping into these realms. And that's yep, what guys just are not taking into account. Especially I, I'm Right there with you with the YouTubers, that's one thing I've said on my channel multiple times is I get tired of seeing every thumbnail be that this place holds demons when these <laughs> people are real people that used to live, have yep. lives, etc. What yes. Now, I remember you telling me briefly about the uh, your wife that had a rock thrown at her. Yes. Actually, before I go into that, I'll quickly go back to the house mm -hmm. um, and finish off there because... What happened next? I was I was in the lounge room, and um, it was about three o'clock in the morning, and I, I was sitting watching television, just zoning out, and um, I heard a guy in my kitchen say, "Are you okay, mate?" <laughs> and at the time, I probably wasn't that great, but there was no one there. And it wasn't in my head. I heard the echo from the kitchen. Audible. Yeah. And I turned around. And there's no one there. I was just like, holy. <laughs> Did you recognize the voice? No. 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 It was just an Aussie bloke. Like, you all right, mate? Just like that. And I was just, whoa. So that was 
that really started. And now I get a lot uh, of sort of ovulus spirit talker app uh, answers of are you okay? And I often wonder, is this something that's linked? Is he coming through? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It was just weird that it comes up so often. And I always laugh when it comes up, like, is that you? You know, like, I just, just sort of wonder. But anyway, I, but then after that, because um, my wife was still sceptical, you know, sort of, she was freaking out, but she was sceptical because she'd seen the stuff that had happened with the smoke alarms and that stuff. So, but, you know, still, well, it could be a coincidence. Yeah, until she saw the shadow person walk through the house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That would be the kicker. Yeah. She's seen it walk through. It freaked her out. She didn't say anything because my mother-in-law was staying there at the time and she's, like, religious and not, you know what I mean? Two days later, she came to my wife and said, I seen a shadow figure walk through the house. And my wife said, so did I. They'd both seen it within two days walking through the house. Wow. So she actually got to see something being yeah. that she was skeptic. That's yeah. interesting. Well, she's, she's on board now. Like she totally believes. She's seen it with her own two eyes. She said, I seen this black apparition move across a doorway while she was sitting there looking at the doorway she just seen have it you there. seen it no i didn't see it that one no i didn't see it it was so strange and then we done a cleanse and my wife was filming the cleanse and this white light shot out of our bedroom and out through the lounge room on video it was crazy and she lost the video i'm spewing oh. it was unbelievable it was this wow. moment, just poof, as we were doing like a sage cleanse. It was unbelievable. So it was full on. That place was crazy. Um, yes. The I, no, I was just gonna say, ask real quick. I'm. I love that you think it's all connected because that's what I've done on a bunch of collabs. Is yeah. that I believe it is all connected. I believe that Bigfoot is not just a flesh and blood character he's wow. a supernatural um same I'm with dog that. man same I with some sort of elemental um uh, i think it's, it's yep, yeah yep. i don't know but there's you know we can talk this is the stuff like i don't talk with many people over here about because they just go this dude is a crap pot <laughs> straight up and it's i believe you 100 percent, matt yeah it's um yeah, there's too many coincidences. Like we've had locally, I know of a, a, a location where there's a Yowie and there's been seven individual sightings by different parties and they all tell the, the people that they're reporting it to that it's got a large scar on the left side of its forehead. Every report has said that, seven of them. How crazy is that? You can't dispute that. No, they don't know each other. They don't know each other. Mm, wow. And these reports aren't common knowledge. They're not getting out. They're known by a few people, like 12 of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? At best. 
See, and that's where I think that, you know, either two things could be happening at that house that you were just talking about in the Mm -hmm. wonderful land, it sounds like, is that it's either a Bigfoot that has that supernatural power to be able to cloak, be invisible, because something that moves, it sounds like, Mm -hmm. you know, a Sasquatch, the Bigfoot steps, but also alienish. And I think with the fact that you think it was a blue hand. Yeah on your head that it seems something and with long fingers and everything wrapped around the way that you described the light coming out of that house after you did the cleansing and everything it sounds like that's almost an alienish type being mm. yeah that's so i do believe they all they're all connected in some yeah, way absolutely i i think and i think that's the biggest secret of the planet um, yeah you know i think it's because everyone would just be lost, you know, all religions, all, what, well, we're all linked, you know? <laughs> right, right. Identity, you know what I mean? And that's the well, problem. I heard from oh, someone that deals in science. He said there is, in fact, 11 different dimensions. Yes. That's straight from Nick Valente. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Valente is a, a wonderful person in the cryptozoology field and everything high strange so when it's coming from him i know that and he even said you could be standing outside and something could be standing behind you and you won't even know it yeah yeah because of the way everything is and by all means matt i'm not interrupting you there's a lag no. it just sounds like you're not talking and then i start yeah. talking yeah, but, no, so good. <laughs> but go ahead and continue on with the story about your wife Right, so this was another one. This was actually a um, we'd done a camping trip, but I'd I I knew of it was it was an investigation, semi, you know, like I'd heard stories about this whole gold mine up in the mountains. So I said, hey, why don't we go for a wonderful day hike? You know, <laughs> not saying anything. This will be beautiful. It's wonderful rainforest, and there's an old gold mine to look at. We got up there and um, it was funny because my wife said it to me the other day. She said, I'd forgotten it, but she said, do you remember the guy when we were walking up to the gold mine on that hike? Because it's a few Ks to get there and we're a few Ks in and we're, we're walking up and normally you pass people occasionally and they're like, hey, how you going? This guy came past us and he, he had sheer terror on his face. And he sort of had his eyes just fixed on the track, sort of five metres in front of him and just walking fast. And I said, I do, yeah. I, but it never clicked at the time. You know what I mean? We got up there and um, we were taking photos and my wife took a photo. It's all caged off so you can't get in, but it's like you could if you really wanted to, you know, full of bats. And Anyway... We're taking photos from through the cage. And my wife goes, look at this photo. She goes, there's a face in it. I said, what? And I'm looking, and it looked like a face, like a, almost like an ape. But then it looked sort of like a ghost. But you couldn't, we were more on the, the ghosty side of things then, you know what I mean? Like, so we were like, holy shit, what if it's an old miner that was died in there or blah, 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 blah. So 
because we hadn't sort of, you know, you, when you, at the time, but you're not piecing everything together. And um, so we, anyway, we kept taking photos. And then the next thing, this lump of wood, it was like a probably oh, two, two and a bit foot long, two foot long, just under two foot, like a chunk of wood. But it's a bit of, it hadn't fallen from a tree. It was, you know, like when something's been sitting on the ground in the rainforest and it rots a bit and it's like bits of it will come off in your hand, but it's still solid. It was like that. So it was off the ground. Something had picked this up off the ground and threw it. And if where it threw it from was probably 30, 40 metres away. So it was an accurate throw because there was no other cover that it could have been done from. And it hit her, bang on the arm she was holding the camera with. It was like it was trying to hit the camera. It was crazy. We just like, we were like, what was that? And I blew up. I thought someone was around throwing stuff at us. So I'm running around looking in the bush like, hey, you know, who's doing this? And, you know. And but who would be out there? Yeah, there was nobody out there. Trust me, there was nobody. Like, you know, I'm an ex What did, what did your wife bush. think after that? Oh, she was freaked out. She had a big weld on her arm. Like it was, it hit hard. And we just, we were like, I think we better get it. But it was in reflection, I think either there was a baby in that mine that we'd spot or something, you know, there was something in that mine. And the watcher, it was like, you you were too close. Like this is. Nope, that sounds, yeah, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, and it just, that's how I've pieced it together anyway over the years of the events that sort of unfolded. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And we just, we just beelined out of there. But we recently went back there. And um, you won't believe it. We went back there and the same, not, we didn't get a stick thrown at us, but we hit this point on the trail, but it wasn't up at the mine. It was about three Ks in, in this super deep, dense section of rainforest. And all of a sudden, my wife starts crying. And she's like, I've got to go. I can't stay here. And she starts free. And I'm like, hey, 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 hey. And then I start feeling it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I'm trying to hold it together and I'm trying to breathe and, you know, keep her through it. And I said, look, come on. We can do it. Just breathe. Just breathe. I said, they're here. Just let them know that you're not here to harm them. You're here, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're not. Here, you know, we we just want to go through in peace. We're not here to harm anybody. Or, and as we were, I was thinking this and feeding it out, it just eased. And we kept walking. And my wife's like, I don't know if I can keep going. I said, It's all right. Trust me, we're all right. We kept going. We got up to this section, and I said, Look, I want to break track. I want to head left out off the track here, over this ravine. As soon as I got to the edge of the ravine. This massive X, stick X, like you, that you couldn't go past. And then I look around. There's about six of them. Just boom, 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 like off this track, like don't come off the track, you know. And I was like, what the hell? And my wife goes, what's this? And she looks down picks up a big clump of hair. I've got the hair. Do you want me to show you? I would love to see that, Matt. Yeah. A second, I'll go to the car and grab it. Hold on. Okay. Oh my god. 
hang tight, listeners. He's going to get a piece of hair. It might be from a yowie. So give us just a second. in the bag ever since we found it <laughs> oh wow here it is here that's it right there let's see if i can get it up on there i'd love to um give it to someone to analyze or because it's it's not anything that we um can sort of put down to anything um yeah, it's really interesting. So, that yeah, you might have to send a little piece to that to Nick Valente, the International Dogman Project. He's in cryptozoology. Okay. He's a world-renowned um, expert researcher here yep. in the states, very well known. But just a, a couple pieces, not the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, um, I don't even know what it is. That's where just it was just odd where we were. Right. You know, and it, it, there's nothing else in that area that has that type of hair, you know what I mean? Let me describe it for the listeners. So what I looked at, it was a little clump of hair that looked to me, would you say it was black, more, more yeah, black than brown? Yeah, it's like a black with a tinge of brown through it. Okay, and it looks, now, Do when you feel it, Matt, is it coarse or is it like a thin? Yeah, it's sort of like a, it's funny, it's coarse, but then there's like, sections of it that are you know it's like there's a little yeah see it looks wiry yeah so weird eh? you might have something there matt oh my gosh yeah so listeners but it definitely looks to me just from the look at it because i've looked at a lot of different pieces of hair that has been tested and it was not bigfoot but that looks like a Bigfoot type hair and it's long. It's long and it's all in like a little clump. That's really interesting. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> like I say, to find it literally surrounded by these these X's and they were non natural X's. They were they were placed. It was they were on the ground in front in front of you. They were in the trees. They were, you know. Have you ever come across anything like that at that house, at where all the land and everything? Have you ever come across any like uh, structures or? See, I didn't. Over? I didn't. It wasn't on my radar, so I didn't look for it. Okay. And uh, I intend to go back there. Actually, it's the house has been sold a couple of times, and people only seem to stay there for about six months. Oh, okay. It's been sold three times since we were there. Why that is? Yeah. So I want to get back there. That's that my interesting. I would like out. to go back there for like a week and just really pound it, you know. Put a bunch of cameras out, get some yeah. trail cans, set some EVP recorders in the woods too. Yeah. You, I mean, well, when I did that, I caught a Bigfoot howl at my house. Yeah. yeah. 
it's a it, it was a 55 acre property but what we what you've got to understand is there's literally thousands of acres of national park on one side of it and on the other side was a 600 acre vacant property oh there so it's just a it's a playground and this little our little piece was stuck in the middle of it you know what i mean so it was like a highway it was the we were the link between the national park and this other property see we live on 488 acres and you can't you know the fact that we have only even looked at what one percent of the ocean or something like that um, and with the fact that you said that the land is more ancient out there as well, you cannot tell me that there's nothing out there oh. that that is not undiscovered. Come on, no. that's you seem like there's a smorgasbord out there for you to catch, Matt. So I well, can't wait to hear if you do go out there. Oh, absolutely. Look, if I, yeah, I'd be um, I'd be telling every, I'd be telling the world if I can get back there because I know what's there. You know, that was a. But I'd, I'd understand it'd be hard because if people aren't, you know, as understanding, they probably don't want to go in there and stirring it up on them. But who knows? We can well, if they don't believe, then there's no problem. Yeah, exactly. You've got nothing to fear. <laughs> exactly. You don't believe, right? So then why yeah. are you upset if I'm out here doing some research? That's yeah. what I would say. Now, exactly. do you have any... Um, do you have any upcoming investigation or projects that you're excited about, Matt? Yeah, the one I was talking to you, I think, earlier when we um, when we started up was the, um, the the Maryborough one, where I've got a I, I'm going to sort of call it the uh, the Golden Mile of ghost hunting. Okay. It's it's a whole street full of hauntings, like a whole street. It's called Wharf Street. In Maryborough, Queensland, and it is so haunted, it's ridiculous. The whole whole what area. What kind of reports? Ah, oh, it's just apparitions in the streets. You know, people being touched in the pubs, things moving. You name it. Like it's always something. You know what I mean? Um, but um, yeah, and when I was down there, I was lucky enough to uh, investigate a place that had never been investigated, the old marina. Um, and the pier and everything, and there, like they have had, they had twelve Kanakas who were like slaves hung on the jetty there, and there's all these things that have gone on, and it was alive. Where where they were hung, I done a quick session, and it was the most negative, horrible session I've ever done. So it was. There's a lot of sadness and a lot of, um, yeah, but not demons. <laughs> I I was just going to say, well, I'm glad that you researched demonology so you can actually say what's negative, what is a demon. Have you ever experienced a demonic type entity? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Actually, there's a cemetery I frequent and there's there's a demonic entity there. Um, It's always lurking and other spirits make you aware of it. He makes you aware of it. It's, yeah, it's pretty full on. But um, I just use, like I say, I don't entertain them. It's the worst thing you can do. Like I say, watching these people trying to interact, it's the worst thing you can do with them. Don't give them the time. There's there's thousands of other spirits out there that want to tell you stories or want to communicate in a more peaceful and positive way, you know? 
I know, you know, maybe negativity gets the clicks, but I just think it's, um, yeah. I don't like the clicks. Don't do That's what I don't like is you're doing it for views. You're doing yeah. it for clickbait. Well, how would you, if you were sitting talking to a YouTuber right now, how would you advise them to differentiate between demonic and negative entity? Well, it's it's all research. You've just got to learn. You know, there's there's so many keys to it. But it's like I say, one of the, the key things. It's and it's not you know it's not rocket science. It's but listening to the the language that they're speaking. Um, last night I I've got to go back and go over. I done an investigation at the cemetery last night. And um, I, I had so much Latin come through. Ooh. It was crazy. I've never seen it happen. Like uh, maybe 20 words of Latin and words that aren't common, very rare Latin words. So it was really interesting. Um, Ooh, that's also, scary. Yeah, and the negativity was there. He was, you know, yeah, so it was really full on. And it was, some of the words were really like uh, sorrow, woeful, you know. They were the mean, real low, depressing, you know, or oppressive. Older language, older oh, language yeah. too. Yeah, and when you feel that, it was just straight up. I knew what I was dealing with. I just, all right, I can work with this. And, um, but then... Out of the blue, I got, I like toys. And I said, oh, if you like toys, I've got a little cat ball here. And I sat it down. And I said, can you turn it on for me? Bang. Came on, turned off. I said, can you do it again? Bang. So I bet you can't do it a third time. Bang. Just constant. It's crazy. Like, they're there. It's, I know what I'm dealing with. Like, I've gotten to that point where I'm just sick of trying to explain myself to people and justify what I do. I just do it now because I just, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Like, you know what I mean? It's, exactly. Yep, I'm just yep. doing what I do and I, I'm not going to be, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be a YouTuber. I don't want to be a, you know, I just want to be a, a purveyor of, of the truth. Um, to show yeah, people yeah. what's out there, you know, that's all. Same, I wanna do. same with me. There's a million in some podcasts out there. If you don't, you know, I like to cover a little bit of everything, a little paranormal, a little cryptids, a little yeah. high strange, a little portals, a little vortexes, et yeah. cetera, anything that's in that group. But if you don't want, if you just want to listen and then leave a negative comment, I haven't got, knock on wood, I haven't got a negative comment yet. But if you're going to do that, why do you even listen or watch yeah. paranormal? That's it's what I don't understand. Why yeah. do the why would trolls, you put so much energy into it? Exactly. These poor people that are doing YouTube that are doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. They put a lot of time and money and sacrifice into their videos. Why are you watching it when you're going to say, oh, you faked that or oh, you did it? Then yeah. don't you shouldn't be watching the paranormal then. No, you shouldn't like, be watching it. I laugh with all this Zach Bagans, you know, you've got all this hate. And it, what's the matter? I don't care if he's a fraud or if he's real or. It, What's it matter? He's showing what? you what he gets. You decide, Just, but it is what it, it is. Like if you don't like him, don't watch him. You know exactly. People make pages about people. You know they, that shows that they're obviously got no talent. They got nothing to offer. 
So mm-hmm. they're going to ride on the coattails of other people that are doing something with their life, you know? Yeah. Well, another thing I just said the other day to someone um, I knew is that um, where when you are negative and you're a troll for someone else's channel, may I ask what your channel is? You don't have a channel. So how are you sitting there being negative to someone else's channel? That's what I don't ever get. You're not a scientist. You're not a researcher. You're just someone sitting behind a computer going through everybody's videos and leaving negative comments, but yet you don't have your own channel. So I, I never understand it. But I'm glad to have you on because I love hearing about people's experiences and giving them a vent of letting it out. And I would love to schedule a part two with you, Matt, because I'm sure you have many other sightings and encounters and things that you know and things that you've come across like i said i'd love to continue to follow you to see where you go with your investigations and share evidence with me that i can you know that i can look out and put out there too and just you know this is a great community over here yes yeah we have our trolls but you're going to get that in every profession anyway but um people that come here to the conversation cabin they're real truth seekers. They yeah. go through it. They think of it what they will, and they look and they move on. No yeah. one's negative here. Yeah. So yeah. I would love to schedule another time when oh, we can sure. talk again. I'd yeah. love it. No worries at all. That's I'd love to do that. I've got yeah. There's plenty of stories of and plenty of investigations coming up and things like that. I'm I'm really sort of ramping it up. Um, Well, that's what I was just going to ask you. Let all of my listeners know where you can be found, all your handles, everything like that, so that way they can add you and follow you. Well, I'm pretty much at Fractured Soul Paranormal everywhere, but I don't do Facebook. I'm Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Um, I haven't really done anything with YouTube and, uh, you know, that much yet, but um, I will be. That's, yeah, I'm just sort of, as I said, being an old dog learning new tricks, I'm sort of getting my head around filming and all that sort of stuff. So once I get all that down, um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure people will enjoy the content I'm putting out. I'm sure they will because your stories are absolutely phenomenal. And again, thank you for sharing the story that you did earlier because, as again, someone that I've been in recovery now for almost three years, yeah. um, you know, it's it's been a, an eye-opening experience i've seen the world now more than i did before that time i should say absolutely but to close out the session one last question for you what do you hope to achieve through your work investigating the paranormal what's what's like the main objective that you're going but it's like i say it's, it's to show other people I know, like I say, I I want the truth. I know the truth. I know what's out there. I've seen it. I've seen the UFOs. I've interacted with the Aoes. I've I've seen and interacted with ghosts. Uh, I continue to do that almost daily. Um, Yeah, so it's just trying to show the rest of the world that there are other dimensions. There are other things out here that the world needs to understand. And, if we can understand them, then it's probably going to improve our quality of life. Right. 
we'll mm-hmm. actually be able to see the universe more for really what it is. Absolutely. You know, that's the thing. We don't see us for what we really are. We're, mm-hmm. We've been so oppressed and our abilities and our, our skills and it's, it's crazy what we're capable of, but we right. just, we've lost those skills through, through consumption, technology, you know, being yep, yep. preoccupied with mundane jobs and work to survive, all that sort of stuff. It's stuff we're not meant to be doing as the, the creatures we are. Right. You know, right. I agree. I agree. We're living a reality that some other guy created to make money. Mm-hmm. And that's our reality now. And I think, you know, that's why they don't want us to be awake, because when we do wake up, we see the reality for what it is and say, no, sorry, this isn't our reality. You can go away. Right, exactly. We see the truth, is what I say. I don't follow along with the bandwagon. I'm no. I'm my own person, and like I would suggest everyone be the same, be Absolutely. their own person, be yeah. unique. Well, we will end it here, cabin crew. Um, I'll do an outro for you in just a moment. And again, thank you, Matt from Fractured Soul Paranormal for joining us this evening. It has been an eye-opening experience listening to your stories. And uh, Matt and I will finish talking, but until next time, cabin crew, explore your strange.